So, welcome everybody. It's episode 78 of the Running 44 at 60 podcast. The first episode of 2022 going out on Tuesday, January the 4th. Now, my special guest on the podcast today is Andrew Ferg Ferguson of Mud Crew. Most of you listen to this, well, I'm, I'm sure know Ferg. You'll either know him or you'll run with him or whatever. So he's going to talk about the great ideas and great runs that Mud Crew have got lined up in 2022, starting with the Arc of Attrition at the end of January. Now, one of the things he does talk about is the Roseland August Trail, the rat event. And when we recorded this just before Christmas, it was still a little bit up in the air about the rat because of the nature of what was going on with the Porth P and Outdoor Adventure Centre, which is currently owned by the council here in Cornwall, but that ownership is finishing and there is a transfer to a new owner around about the time of the Rat Series, which normally takes place at the beginning of August. So um, as we go to broadcast this on Tuesday the 4th of January, there doesn't appear to be an update that we can share with you. So Ferg mentions that there might be. So the best thing to do is to keep an eye on all the Facebook pages that Ferg mentions towards the end of the podcast, the Mud Crew one, the Rosalind August Trail one, all that sort of stuff. Keep an eye on the Mud Crew website as well, and you'll find out more about it. But anyway, Ferg's got some brilliant uh, adventures lined up for you in 2022. And also, he talks a little bit about some of the stuff he's going to plan, plan to do himself as well. So it's a great episode with one of the UK's top running organisers for ultra trail races. So let's go and meet Ferg. Ferg, um, loads of people will listening to this podcast will know who you are. They'll have heard of Mud Crew, but they might not know how Mud Crew first started. So do you want to give us a little bit of background to that? Uh, yeah, I guess it was a need. I was, I've been doing ultra distance now for 15 years, um, over 15 years. And I quickly progressed from, a pretty, I quickly got bored with road running and the Grand Prix running scene, which is how I started. And I think most people start, uh, you know, I was with True Running Club originally, um, which I'm again now, but um, yeah, originally with True Running Club, got bored with the running scene and I did a race called the Grizzly, which I expect most people have heard about, which oh. was the only kind of trail race long distance when I say long distance, it's 20 miles, which is a long distance, but in the big scheme of things, isn't a long distance these days. But uh, yeah, did that, um, and it completely transformed my outlook on running, really. I wow. thought, God, this is so much fun. It's just a different, you know, you can hike a bit, you can walk a bit, you don't have to go balls out all the way around. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was just fun rather than, uh type two fun can i say um so yeah it kind of inspired me to do look at trail running coastal running there was no events other than the grizzly at that time we you know there was no commercial events um uh, well the, the, there was a beginning of commercial events a company called endurance life were the first guys to do it and they did a race called the classic quarter which uh, i did the very first one 18 of us uh, on that one and 44 miles at a time yeah, seems it, it felt crazy back then. Um, kind of, kind of running the mill-ish now. Um, doesn't seem a massive distance, but still a bloody hard race. Um, did that, and I, I did the race, and I got to the end, and it was kind of like, here's your medal, you know, well done, no atmosphere, no nothing, see you again type thing. And I just thought, I don't know, I just thought, I've just run 44 miles, you know, from I've been all day and I thought I just feel like there should be something different at the end of this than just a muddle around your neck and cheerio 
So I thought we could do it better. I thought I could always do it better. And that's how the rack came about, really. The rack was the first, and we wanted to make it into a you know, a day out, an evening out, a social occasion, a party. And just, you know, where I think when you do something epic, then you need, you want to talk about it. You want to have a beer, you want to have some food you, and you just want to spend time with the people that have just been through the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. really how the, that's how really Mug Crew came about. Uh, 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 Andy, Andy Trudgeon, who was uh, run the running shop in St. Orsall at the time, he, uh, he was on about doing a race. So we collaborated. Uh, the rat was my idea of the race, the course, et cetera, et cetera the different distances, which nobody was really doing at the time, and the party at the end and the festival feel and the guest speakers and all that sort of stuff, all from day one. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, and it attracted 500-plus runners in the very first rat. Wow. Which, and that was before, before Facebook, before social media. <laughs> we literally went out and flyered cars at every race we could. To get it off the ground. When you did that first event, then you know, I mean, God, you must have been thinking, well, is it? Is anybody going to turn up? Is anybody going to enter? How am I going to get the courses? I mean, it must have been a hell of a, a sort of like experience putting it all on in one go, wasn't it? Everything that you did. It was a massive learning curve. Um, <laughs> how much work actually goes into it and the scale of it then is nothing like the scale of it now but yeah i started to mark the course i thought i could mark the course in eight hours so i started to mark it in the afternoon and i think i finished at 5 a.m and then had to go and pick crew up in a minibus at 6 (laughs) a.m and there was no plague then it was just the 50k the black the red and the white plague was introduced later on but i just like marking courses you just learn that it takes a hell of a lot longer than you think it does. So we'll, we'll, we'll come, as I say, we'll come to your events in 2022. But just to uh, pick up on, you know, you said you, you know, one of first 18 people, you did that classic quarter all those years ago. And uh, and what have you been doing this year then? You've been doing some interesting stuff this year, I think, with given the limitations, um, haven't you? It's been a funny year because actually not really got around to doing that much. Well, it, it's kind of interesting stuff, but normally I'm sort of, here, there, and everywhere over the world doing what I can. That's my passion is travel and running. Um, So I try and fit some really exotic sort of long-haul stuff in, along with European stuff. Uh, Obviously, COVID has put put a hash to that. I've done some UK stuff uh, for a change, like Scaffold Sky Race. Went over to Ireland and did an event called the Seven Sisters, which was extremely tough. And I've been to Barcelona, but nothing major. What I would call, I've done nothing epic this year in, in, in like no big big goal races it's just been one of those years but i've got some plans for next year so. okay tell us about yeah. that tell us about uh, your epic plans for next year for yourself then uh, well it all depends on covid obviously and how that pans out with travel but um i very much like to i'm very much want to do cape ultra trail cape town next year uh, which has been on my radar for the last two years but because of covid we haven't been able to go there but hopefully we can travel there next year. They, they, they have now put a 100-miler on, um, where it used to be 100K. Um, so quite fancy having a go at that. And all the new UTMB races, I, I, they would be on people's radar by the time this goes out, but they've just literally been announced. Um, races in America, all over Europe, UTMB are now owned by Ironman and um, are taking on the world. And 
you know, those big epic races are kind of what floats my boat. I do like the, you know, the smaller sort of low key stuff, but I also do like the big showy races with, you know, a thousand people in, in Europe and in other parts of the world. So yeah, I quite, I've got my eye on a few of those UTMB Thailand, maybe October as well. Okay, so, fantastic, and um, and that's that, is that the extension of the UT UTMB product then into different areas? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the world it's now the UTMB World Series, so they have purchased a lot of already established ultra distance events throughout Europe and the world. Um, they've now got thirty plus in their portfolio, and uh, people will qualify and gain points for like UTMB. But now it, it's it's obviously a business, and um, yeah, you will have more. The more UTMB races you do throughout the world, then the more chance you have of getting a place in the world final, which is the big showcase event at Chamonix, which everybody who does ultra distance knows about. Um, done that a couple of times myself when it was a lot easier to get in, but now it's. <laughs> You know, it's really hard to get in. So for those people who are not quite going with the same travel uh, expectations you offer, you've got a few things through Mud Crew they can do in the UK next year. So do you want to tell us about those? Yeah, um, the uh, the Arc of Attrition, which is in a few weeks after this goes out, hopefully Circuit Breaker and COVID allowing, it will go ahead this year. It was cancelled last year, um, but that's our biggest event, not the rat is our biggest by volume by runners, but the arc is a bigger event for us because it attracts internationals and people from you know a, a lot a lot of people from all over the UK, not just the uh, southwest. There's that, but it's sold out. It always sells out, and it always sells out really rapid. <laughs> right. So um, you know we had two hundred. We 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 had we closed everything with 200 people on the wait list and about 150 on the wait list for the 50. So, um, yeah, that, if you want to get into that event, you need to qualify, you need to, and you also need to be very quick entering. Right. Now, now for those of the, who, those listeners who don't know about the Arc of Attrition, Ferg, that you've got a 50 mile version, a hundred mile version. It goes out the end of January and it sounds like you spend, well, certainly on the hundred mile, you spend most of your running time in, in the dark on the cliff path. You know, I mean, blimey, that must be a bit of a, an experience, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's always, um, you know, the weather just always plays a big factor. It's uh potluck wherever you get a dry, dryish, sunny, but cold day, or whether you get a storm like there was in 2016, where there was 78% DNF. Um, it was carnage out there. It oh. was uh, real carnage. Yeah, there, literally, there was a 78% DNF right that day. It was uh, very, very, very bad weather. Well, you know, having run that uh, that part of the coastal path myself earlier this year in in the in the you know the classic quarter that you talked about, I just couldn't get my head around what it'd be like to be running it in the night when it's raining in January I just couldn't I thought oh my god it's, it's it feels bad enough running it in June or whenever it was let alone in the middle of the you know winter blimey well personally I love running by head torch it's my it's I prefer that than running during the day um for some reason I've always liked it I think time goes quicker in the dark for some reason maybe that's a personal thing I'd, I'd switch off more. I think I'm in my own little headspace where I've just got that light on the ground and on the trail and I drift away into my own thoughts. And uh, 
I do like I do like night running a lot. Um, and how long's the arc of attrition been going then, Ferg? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think we're into the seventh year. Seventh yeah. year, wow. Yeah, seventh, sixth or sixth or seventh year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the very first one uh, had fifty three people, and they were all. I think I knew them all. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and now we've got. I think entered for next year or the year. No, this year this goes out. Um, I think we've got twenty two nationalities involved. Really? Um, wow! Fantastic. Yeah. And I think eighteen of them are based overseas. Eighteen of those national nationalities are flying in, hopefully. And yeah, just uh, some really, really good runners. Some you know, it attracts some quality runners. Um, yeah. And this year will be interesting because I think the course record will go this year. Right. Okay. It's an amazing course. It takes in the most brutal bits of Cornwall. Um, gives you that sort of softer south coast and that rugged north coast feel volunteers we get we've got over 200 volunteers again this year you know to get 200 people giving up their weekend is it just shows the strength of the community down yeah. here the running community is so strong great stuff now in may you've got the southwest traverse which is a relatively new event for you and you've got three different versions or three opportunities to be involved in that i think haven't you absolutely yes it's um it's uh, the Lizard to Land's End, the 45-mile route um, with a couple of diversions because we've invested heavily in checkpoints and logistics for it next year, um, this year, sorry. Um, 20, so, 2022. Yeah. 2022, <laughs> yes. Uh, we kind of want to grow it. It's We want to we wanted make it the, the sort of prestige spring into summer ultra in the southwest. And to do that, you need to put logistics into it, and it takes two or three years to build. But hopefully, that that sort of investment will pay off. So it's forty-five miles. By the time you detour up to Penzance again, we've got two. We've got indoor checkpoints at Corfu Eleven and at Penzance, and we've got mobile teams. And yeah, it's tracking this year, full tracking for all distances. Um, so you'll be able to track online with open tracking like you do in the ARC, which adds a different element to it again. All cost money, and but I think it adds to the experience of a race when friends and family can track, track, track yeah, you. And yeah. We've got the, a free person relay. Uh, so you'll run from the first person will start at Lev- uh, so the Lizard, change over at Corflevin to Penzance and change over at Penzance to Land's End, which is quite an interesting because it gives you that little bit longer and easier you know one section's a little bit easier than the other two uh, so it kind of it appeals to different people and you can do two legs if you want you can do okay. the first leg and the third leg and somebody else can do the middle leg if they want or or any variation of those legs yeah. if you want to do the first two somebody else does the last and there's the extreme as well so <laughs> what's if, that then what's the extreme well, if 45 miles wasn't enough for you um you can do 90 so that will start on Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. So you will head down to the Lizard through the night, fully supported with aid stations. Turn at the Lizard, make your way back to Land's End. And you should, most people will have turned and headed back by the time the main race starts. So you will be, uh, you know, slap on the back if you're uh, overtaken by the front runners on that. So, yes. Um, yeah, if you fancy a summer 90-miler, 
the extreme is there for those that want to do it. Uh, that's great, and and you know, I think the I think the relay of three. Um, anybody listening to this thinking, you know. How can I get involved with such a, a great race? Because, you know, the course is fantastic. This is how this podcast came about because of that course. So um, the Relay of Three, a brilliant way of getting involved. Um, so, yeah, and, and um, this is going out early January, Ferg. So will people still be able to enter at this point? Yes, absolutely. You know, the Southwest Traverse is, we have got a limit on the on it, but the Relay and certainly the Extreme will have places. The Solo will, will certainly have places in January. Yes, it might sell out near the time, but January okay. will be there will be places. Okay. Yeah. Now the final, the other, the other, the other event which you've mentioned already, the Rat, the Roseland August Trails, and I have to say I've I've done this a couple of times, and uh, it is that you know it was my first ever experience of doing a an off a, a serious off road run, the White Rat in two thousand and nineteen. And I think I voted it my favourite run of the year. I think so. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, right. So, yeah. uh, um, so it's it's all go. And um, there are five five things you can take part in. I think, aren't there? Um. Well, actually. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to get have... a big reveal now. There's going to be six. <laughs> no, there's going to the reveal is is that there are issues with the rat next year at oh. the moment. Uh, where, as we're speaking, um, hopefully they might be resolved come January, but. The venue, the outdoor centre, not uh, people are beginning to come aware, but that outdoor centre is being closed by the council. Oh. Yes. Uh, so at the moment, we are talking to the council, uh, but they will give us no... So we will probably not be launching the RAT on January the 1st because we're still a little bit unsure what's happening is possibly a private concern taking over the outdoor center. Okay. So we, it's a little bit up in the air that we're pretty sure the race will happen in some form. Okay. Um, but whether it's, whether it's the same as previously, we just don't know until we're literally working on it as we speak. So it's a little bit up in the air. I, I'm sure it'll happen. Might be not that weekend. It might be a different weekend. Um, it just depends. Okay, Ferg. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Now, I can't let you go without, uh, you know, this this show came about, you know, to help people think about doing an ultra run and maybe their first one. So, if you have you got a couple of top tips, Ferg, that you can pass on to the listeners uh, to, uh, you know, to help them maybe take part in one of your events next year and thinking, God, that's a long way, but you know, I, if with the right preparation and training, I could do it. So, what would be your kind of top tips i think my top tip is don't let the distance put you off because if i can do it i'm no great runner i'm you know i'm stubborn and i usually get there in the end but uh you don't have to be a fantastic runner to in fact you don't need to be a good runner to be able to do ultra distance stuff it kind of that's that's kind of more for people you know, if you just want to compete, then it's great because if you're not such a good runner, you can still get the buzz of finishing an ultra distance event because you can hike and cover the ground. And if you do it, you know, do not go out too fast. Do not go anaerobic. If I feel myself going anaerobic and breathing heavy, I back off uh, and hike. I normally run, I normally walk all the hills, which I know is quite a common thing, but certainly anything major hill wise i i wouldn't even dream of of trying to run it in an ultra um and i kind of think of things over distance and time i think people get they get sort of at up about 
oh, it's 50 miles or 100 miles, and the distance just plays with their head. And in my head, the way I deal with it is that I calculate roughly how much it's, how long it's going to take me. And I just think, right, okay, I'm going to be here this time tomorrow, come what may. And I don't think about the mileage. I think, right, I'm here until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning at best case scenario. And that's the way I deal with it. I was like, there's no point thinking about it. I'm still going to be here tomorrow. So I, I kind of, it kind of helps you deal with the distance. Um, you do it. I, I think about it as time rather than distance. And also, most people struggle to eat during ultras. I, some people do. I do. I, I struggle to. I get to a certain time, especially in warm weather, where I can't eat. I don't feel like stomach. People's stomachs go. It's a, a major common problem. But you can drink it. Drink if you can't eat. Just drink in the calories. Even if it's Coca Cola milk, you know, vanilla milkshakes, any kind of milkshake, tailwind nutrition, just drink it. Just, I, I finished so many races by just drinking in calories when I can't stomach anything. So there are other ways. And and would you suggest, Ferg, that people get used to doing that when they're training, even if they're not running 40-odd miles in training, because clearly they're probably not going to be doing that, but even if they were doing 10, 15, 20 miles in training, just get used to eating and drinking while you're training? Yeah, absolutely. Especially the drinking part, because, you know, I, I'm a great believer in things like tailwind, because uh, if you haven't, if people haven't tried it, try it, because it's very gentle on the stomach. And it, it gives you, you know, it gives you a lot of calories, it gives you your electrolytes. So, um, for, um, for listeners to keep in touch with what's going on, especially with the rat, as you've described, um, what's, where's, is it your website, Facebook page? Where's the best places yeah, to go? There's all sorts of Facebook pages. There's, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook under Mud Crew, but we've also got independent raid light arc of attrition pages, Facebook, Southwest Traverse pages, and Roseland August Trail pages, which are race okay. specific, obviously. So you can join all those. Instagram, Facebook, um, and obviously the website is there as well if need be. Great stuff. Well, Fergus, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks very much for all your contribution. Best of luck with your own running uh, exploits and adventures, and maybe uh, we'll get you back in 2022 when you've been on some of these epic adventures around the world, COVID permitting, and you can talk us through some of those. That would be fantastic. Absolutely, Trevor. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for asking me on, and uh, yeah, hope to, maybe we can catch up again uh, next year. Well, I shall. Uh, I shall be in that aid station at Penzance on uh, at the end of January for the Arc Arc Hundred. So uh, I'm practicing my motivational techniques and my serving of food. Can I just say before you go, what uh, you're, you're a real inspiration at True Running Club. I've, uh, um, yeah, I think you're doing really well there. So congratulations on everything you're doing there. That's well, uh, that's very kind. That's very good. kind of you to say, Ferg. Right, I'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Trevor. Bye. So there we go. Great episode with Ferg. He is one of the top guys in the ultra tr- ultra running world around the UK and indeed across the world now. And he's got some brilliant events. So why not sign up for some of them now? Of course, with the Arc of Attrition, you're not going to get in that at the moment, but you might need to qualify for next year or try and qualify for next year. But one thing you could take part in is the Southwest Traverse. So have a look at the website. And maybe if you're new to ultra running or you haven't run coastal path running or things like that, why not go for the Relay of Three? Check it out. It's great fun. It's so, it'll be such a brilliant event. So check it out. And you never know where that might take you. Once you do the Relay of Three, well, who knows 
where that's going to lead. And keep an eye on the Roseland August Trails, the rat events as well. Go to the Mud Crew website, follow them on their various Facebook pages. There's details of that in the show notes. Because then you can, you know, make sure you get your entry in for that as well. Because it's a brilliant event, you know. It's it really, really is the the uh, one of the top events of the year. It certainly it was my favourite event, the uh, eleven mile white rat I did in two thousand and nineteen. So check it out; it's going to be great. And finally, just a little plug because, um, well, I've got a book out. <laughs> I decided that after doing the 44 at 60 last year, and thanks to everybody who contributed and helped me raise over £7,000 for the Children's Hospice Southwest. So the next challenge was, what do I do after the event? And uh, that's what somebody asked me. And I said, well, I'm going to write a book about it. Well, the book is now on Amazon. So you can find it there. It's called 12 Business Lessons from Running an Ultra Marathon. And that was the whole idea behind the book, was to take all the things I learned about ultra running, which when I first started, I knew nothing about at all, and then turn them into a business context. So you can get it on Amazon. If you do buy it, please do leave a review. That would be amazing to do that. Right. So if you want to come on this podcast and share your running adventures, then just get in touch. Podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. And we'll organise a recording like we've just done with Ferg. It'd be great uh, if you've got an interesting race that you've done and come and tell us all about it, you know, and share it with the listeners. That would be fantastic. Or if you've got tips that you can share with listeners, if you're a professional in your in the sector that, you know, works with people in running, then, you know, come and talk to us about that, whether it's, you know, exercise, nutrition, whatever it might be. Come on the show and talk about it and share it with our listeners. Right. Thanks for listening. See you next time.